What's up, everyone, and welcome to another Jets episode for Knicks, Jets, etc. Alex, football is back. Today, we'll be updating you guys and the Jets. Well, with just two weeks to go until week one. We'll talk about the defense and our pass rush problem. We'll touch on the Yannick trade, who is rumored to come to the Jets. But mostly, we're going to be talking about our offensive issues. And, oh my goodness, do we have wide receiver problems. Alex, what's for etc.? For et cetera today, we're going to be talking about guilty food pleasures. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so anything that, like, you know, makes you feel happy. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, Ricey, let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Jets episode for Knicks, Jets, etc. My name is John Malika, my fantastic and beautiful co-host, Alex Trateris. What's up, Alex? Oh my goodness, fantastic and beautiful. I am so flattered, John, but I'm doing well. How are you doing, you gorgeous son of a bitch? <laughs> feeling good, man. Feeling good. Uh, football is on right around the corner. Uh, September's here. Football's two weeks away. In my head, the third preseason game just happened, okay? Even though it didn't happen, but it happened. It was scheduled, all right? Like, football is – we're here, man. We're here. Fantasy is right around the corner. Yeah. How can you not be excited? There's a lot that's uh, about to happen. Even though COVID's still out there and we're still unsure of how the season's going to play out. Oh, come on, dude. We just saw – I just watched Austin P and and Central Arkansas yesterday. Football's back, dude. Don't worry. The NFL is going to play. Oh, I'm not worried about the NFL playing, but we'll see how, like, we saw what happened to the MLB, man. There's uh, some teams, uh, you know, we saw what happened to the Marlins. So you got to be a little careful, especially uh, with the Dolphins. You don't know what the Dolphins are doing down there. Yeah, I know. But did you see the those, like, 60 uh, COVID positive tests that came to the Jets that were tainted from the New Jersey, uh, fa- uh, from the New Jersey factory or whatever, <laughs> the, and uh, the NFL is still using them. So I honestly, I think if we did NFL gets positive tests, they'll just be like, ah, uh, we need a second opinion. <laughs> and they'd play. <laughs> You're probably like 99.9% right on that. They're probably gonna be like, eh, you guys can go out there. Eh, just sign someone off the waivers. Eh, pick up practice squad members. Exactly. Next man up. Next man up. We got to keep this train moving. Yeah. So speaking of, before we get the train moving, let's just talk about the Yannick trade. Um, I know we definitely talked about it on this pod. Uh, lots of Jet fans were excited because, again, we're starving for a pass rusher. So any th- anybody, we're just starving kids, man. And any any resemblance of food, we're going to jump at. So any pass rusher that could, like, smell a quarterback, we're going to be excited about. Um, he officially got traded to the Vikings for a second round pick and a conditional third through fifth next year. Alex, what do you think, man? I think it was good. You know, the more I thought about it and the more research I did on Yannick, the, I think the better off we were without him. And especially when you start looking at Greg Williams defensive scheme and that is very, run heavy defense and Yannick is not particularly well and for the cost that he would be demanding if we trade for him because then we would have to pay him because we're going to be giving up assets and we can't just let him walk afterwards 
Um, and he, we're going to have to sign his, was it 17, $18 million, uh, was it uh franchise tag? So you can't even extend him. The, ex- the extension deadline is gone. So he is a free agent. Like that's, that's a sticky part. So even if we wanted to sign him, we can't, we have to wait. So that's a little sticky thing that the Vikings are going to have to deal with. For sure. And the thing is that Yannick wanted to get paid, I think 22 to 23 million. And there's only very few guys who are worth that. Like, Aaron Donald, and he's not even like Aaron Donald at all. Aaron Donald is like elite on all levels, and he's not elite at, you know, run defense. So solid pass, pass rusher, but if you can't do everything, then why are you going to ask for – you can't pay someone like that a premium. And then on top of that, we still are unsure of how the cap's going to be next year because of COVID. So he would really – like really eat into the Jets salary for next season and how the team would be able to move forward. So, and on top of that, you know, his, his character right now doesn't fit what the Jets are trying to build. Like he's, he's malcontent with the Jaguars. So why would Joe Douglas trade for a guy who, you know, is essentially doing what, not what Jamal Adams did, but it's getting, it's, a, it's, it's around that same stratosphere. Like he's not, you know, doing exactly the same thing, but you don't want that on your team and you're trying to build a good culture. And as we listen to more uh, Jets propaganda through one Jets drive, you just hear that everyone's saying that seems different. There's no one selfish, da, 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 da. And it's like, well, if that's the case, then why bring this guy in? So I'm not shocked that the Jets didn't go for it. I, there were, like we were discussing last week, we could see the options of him of Joe Douglas or the team just going forward with it or not. And I think it would have made sense to a certain degree either way, but it doesn't make sense if Greg Williams really needs a good pass rusher and he's not good, uh, not pass, but a run, run, uh, run, uh, well, run defender. Kind of a hybrid. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I think the Vikings are definitely going all in. Um, with this one-year deal, they had stuff to pay Dalvin Cook and I think Hunter and Yannick on the edge. I mean, that's, that's solid. Um, and, but you're right. It's not a Joe Douglas trade. It just doesn't feel like a Douglas trade, giving up those assets for a one-year deal that we have to pay on. Yeah. So with Clowney sitting right there. And, it, like, Clowney's big issue is that sometimes he's more of a run defender than he is a pass rusher. Like, you know what I'm saying? So – Pick, you know, you got you got to you got to pick an excuse here, you know, or the other. Like, if if the problem with Yannick is that he's too expensive and that he doesn't uh, block the run, and then we have Clowney sitting right there who does do well against the run, and he's only going to be a one-year deal and maybe expensive on the one year. Yeah, but you know, and that's where like it makes more sense to go for Clowney, who's better at the run. If that's what Greg Williams focuses on, then why not go for him and you didn't have to trade for him. You could just sign him, right? You could just pay him a lot for this year and then call it a day and see what happens. You know, like there's, it didn't make, it didn't make asset wise. It didn't make sense. It would have made sense for the Jets to get involved if Yannick was like that quality type of Russia, because if you're only sending a second and somewhere between a third to a fifth round pick based on the condition, right. Then, I would question like, all right, so if you have two uh, second rounders that you want to trade, or if you want to trade a second and a third, what are those salaries combined for those upcoming years? And it, would it be the same? You know what I mean? Like if you're combining both those two. So that's how I would look at it. But once again, didn't it, it didn't need to happen and I'm fine with it. It was 
it's a fine move, like to not go all in. We we need a lot of things, so you could say, hey, why not just keep? You say, why not just keep the assets and see what happens next year? But as we talked about with draft picks, like there's a lot of like there's a little bit of unknown with some of the prospects because some conferences are just not playing, right? So you could go back either way, but I think it's it's safer to not get involved with a trade like that because we'll see how the Vikings turn out after this because they're gonna have to pay them. They gave up some assets, so. You know, they're but they, but they're on a different situation than the Jets. They're they're able to go all in. You know what I mean? Like when you are close and they're close, they're they're a playoff contending team, they're ready to like go for that Super Bowl. You know, like any team has it, like you push your chips in when you're close to it. The Jets are not anywhere close to pushing chips in to say, Hey, let's go move the move move all these assets to go get, you know, what we believe is like the last piece that we need. And that's what the Vikings are saying, that this is the last piece that they need in order to compete. So we're not, the Jets, we're not in that position. Vikings are, so it's fine for them. Yeah, 100% agree. And also nothing scares me more at this point than a really good player reaching free agency with the Jets. Like that, honestly, at this point, it kind of scares me. But you know what? Would we have cared if we traded a second rounder considering like how bad we are with drafting second round? Yeah, honestly, yeah. Oh man, I will burn every single Jet second round pick. No offense, Mims. I hope you turn out well. We'll get into it, but I will light on fire every single Jet second round pick for a good player any day of the week. We just should give up at that point. Like we just can't do it. For every Vlad Dukas, I will gladly take a Yannick in that case. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So just to get into uh, the crazy and awesome sports week um, with the Bucks leading the way. Um, when the NBA taking a stand and not showing up for game five and boycotting it, um, it kind of spread across the leagues and the jets were one of the couple teams, uh, that took practice off. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, I mean, I know it sounds silly, like a little practice, but it was a scrimmage. And as we said, like, there's no game. So this is it. Like these scrimmages are actually pretty important. Um, and it comes after, and they had the, they had the enough is enough. Uh, video with the players and it comes after um, our organization and the owners have been uh, scrutinized pretty hard, especially um, with this aspect. Um, So I thought it was a good job by them. Do you have any thoughts on that, Alex? I think it was a good job by them. You know, uh, me, I'd like to see more like from the NFL as an organization in general. Like we see what the NBA did by getting all NBA teams to get their arenas to be voting centers. We see that, you know, the Bucks called the Department of Justice in the state of Milwaukee just to get, you know, the officers that were involved in the incident. Um, just, I want to see the NFL take more of a measure. Like four years ago, day right before uh, the Jacob Blake uh, shooting, you know, we had Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. So the NFL wasn't too kind to it. To, to him and the whole situation. So I would just ask to see more. Um, that's just my opinion though. Yeah, sure. And on that note, um, definitely if you're listening to this, if you haven't registered to vote, go, re- go register to vote. Um, I'm working on that stuff. Uh, personally, uh, we're holding events here in Staten Island for voter registration. We're trying to get everyone to just register to vote. So if you haven't, it takes literally like three minutes, just go do it. Um, and just, I mean, it's your right as a citizen, so why not do it? For sure. But anyway, on to the Jets and how they've been looking in their practice, in the scrimmage, and all we really have 
is the Jets reporters, man. That's all we have to go off of. And it, it, it it's kind of like it was cool in the offseason, like early, because that's what we're used to. But the fact that it's September and all we have, like to know about what's going on from the team is like a tweet here or a report here or an article there. It's really starting to get to me, man. Yeah, I want to see some football. We're going to get that very soon, very, very soon. But, you know, like I, I find it actually comical that Rich Simini was going at uh, Adam Gase. I'm not going to lie. That was... Tell us about that, Alex. <sighs> well, what was it? I, I'm honestly not well as versed. I think you're the better storyteller. I just find it funny. So you, you do it, man. Okay, so uh, just to bring us up to speed, Alex is talking about um, – so Ga- So we'll talk about Gase and the media and the Jets reporters for a second. Gase has had an interesting uh, beginning with the Jets organization. He came in. Um, he had that weird press conference with the eyes. He became a national meme right away. Um, and then he all of a sudden became the de facto GM – when McCagnan left. And once that happened, Gase made really, really quick enemies with the Jets media who had some guys and the scouts and the GM. Okay. So let's just, that's just, you know, let's just start out there. Like that's what's going on with the Jets. And then of course he didn't, he came out and we started terribly, you know, in his first year. So nothing, it wasn't looking too good for Gase. So there's already been some sort of clash, but what Alex is really referring to is this week, um, Rich Simony, the ESPN Jets reporter, uh, was kind of going at Gase and he was asking him when the scrimmage was going to be. And he was like kind of getting into detail. He wanted to get into details of the schedule and Gase just wasn't going to let him have it. Uh, and then they kind of kept like giving jabs at each other and the Jets actually had a really bad scrimmage. So Rich te- uh, tweeted or he told Gase, um, hey, Gase, I was at the scrimmage, but your players weren't. <laughs> so they're kind of like going after each other. That was amazing. Just because like this is the this is the side commentary that we can at least get from this whole situation. And to say that he showed up but his offense didn't was the like that tweet was just gold. <laughs> Honestly, like uh I know Gates probably says, Oh, I don't look at that stuff, I don't care, but like Gase is probably like, yeah, I want to punch Rich in the face right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's probably so heated when he saw that. Like, you're talking about his offense. Like, that's his baby. You know what I mean? That's his baby. And to give, uh, you know, give Gase a little, you know, leeway is that we have no wide receivers. So, (laughs) before we get, okay, well, before we get into into the wide receivers and Adam Gase's offense and really what he's responsible for, let's just give you guys a quick update on what we know about the defense coming in. So we had a couple updates on the cornerbacks. Um, it looks like Arthur Mollet has been getting burned, all right, from everything we've been seeing, everything we've been hearing. Um, and Quincy Wilson's back. So it looks like Bless and Quincy Wilson are going to start right now, even though we really should be waiting on Pierre Desir, our uh, free agent signing from Indy. He's supposed to be our number one corner. He's been out. So that's just uh, the beginning of our injuries. But your boy Puglio's back. Julio, he's back. He's back in action. At least we know we're going to have our nickel uh, lockdown. Um, Pool's like, he's ready to go. It, like, he's he's working his way back in there, but you know he'll be ready to go for everything as long as he stays healthy. So that's fine. But we really need uh, Pierre to steer back because we can't, like, 
Arthur Mollett was just getting toasted. And these dude, Marcus May, his calf got hurt today. He sat out as precautionary. Yeah, but and that's another issue too because we're, you know unless we're going to be putting Ashton Davis in that soon, who has been getting a lot of hype, uh, especially from one just drive. Um, he's a fast dude, you know, very talented. Sorry. Former track star did the hurdles. Uh, I think he's going to be. Our, I think he's on the list to be our uh, our returner as well. He's playing some special teams, so that's going to be nice. Uh, no, that's going to be awesome because he is a burner. He is fast. You know, he he actually did get the scholarship to be a runner first before being a football player, and you know that's that that's going to be useful considering we haven't really had a a legit returner since Andre Roberts for like one season. So yeah, it'd be nice. And we have. Long-term guy since like Justin Miller, Leon Washington. Oh my God! <laughs> no special teams were like you know a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, Javelin Goodry is also uh, one of our guys, a rookie, also a track star. He's gonna be. He's another nickel. He'll be learning behind Pulio. Uh, he's been looking quick. He's been. Uh, they've been. He's been catching some eyes. So that's just someone to keep an eye on. Uh, just if you know you're watching the. You're trying to figure out what's been going on with the defense. Um, for sure. And, like, but the thing is, you know, he's one to look out for, like, especially if you go out into the dime in the quarter because he'll be coming out as well to come help. But, like, our one and our two are really, like, the big issues. This is what we've been talking out, talking about was earlier on that, you know, our corners, this is going to be the issue, a sensitive issue next to our, our wide receivers, like, we got if we can't if we can't defend the pass, you know we're gonna buy, we're gonna be looking at the same thing as last year almost. And we have solid safeties, you know. But Marcus May, you just hope that he can stay healthy. That's the biggest key. Like he's only been injured for one season, really. But he like we need him to have something going here because cautionary because everybody's injured. And I th- you know what I'm saying I think Gase was holding him back, and I think there was kind of like oh he would have been fine. But I think. I think we're terrified because the injury bug has literally hit every single uh, room in the, in, in the, in the Jets facility. And, you know, the next one is the linebackers peanut who got peanut, who we just signed, got hurt. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know, this, this is the scary thing too, without having a preseason because in this type of sport, right. You want to get all the kinks in the, you know, your body has to get ready for contact. The reason that's why they have preseason to get these guys ready to slowly work them in. And because one, since we don't have that much training, like guys are legitimately going to be like learning on the fly. Like these first four games are not going to be like the original four games that we see like last year. Like it's going to be a lot slower. It's going to be a lot slower start for a lot of teams. So everyone's going to be on the same playing field at that respect, but you want these guys to be ready physically so that no one gets hurt and we don't lose anybody. So it's probably a precautionary where they are putting guys as questionable, pulling them back a little bit, saying, Hey, you're feeling a little sore. You're feeling a little tight. You know, we don't want to lose you guys for the entire season. We need you because quite frankly, if we lose you guys, this is just going to be downright miserable for the entire season. So I, it's, it's a bit of being of precautionary, like rationale, but at the same time, we should be a little like concerned too just because everyone is getting the questionable like tag right now. So be on the lookout. Alex is on the unders for the first couple of weeks. All right. <laughs> and 
do you think this is going to be a lot of injuries, like fantasy-wise, too, not just on the Jets, but across the league? Uh, across the league, there probably will be a good amount of like injuries to start off the season. You know, like I, I really do think so. Uh, I think the biggest thing that we're going to see is you know quads, hammies, calves. Yeah, it's just going to happen, just because that takes a lot of repetition and you know. Training cab, did training cab start on time? It did start on time, right? We just don't have, did it? Yeah, it started on time, but we don't have. We don't have uh, games. I think it was supposed to, I think it was like delayed a little bit, but that's been fine. The problem is the rosters have been cut and like, and that's been affecting us, for example, on the running back side. So uh, we just tried to get uh, Balage, who was a backup run, who was a backup running back in Miami, who Gase is familiar with and Logan's our offensive coordinator. But he couldn't even – and they were going to cut him, but we caught wind of that. Gave him a conditional seventh rounder. Yeah. Um, ended up not passing the physical. So that's why another uh, weird tidbit from Pratt from scrimmage, the green and white scrimmage where we're usually sitting there, hanging out. It's like one of the most casual days at MetLife. I, like, look forward to this game – to this day um, every year. Unfortunately, we're not there, but it was reported that Bell was getting some – second string reps Frank Gore was getting some second string reps and it's not because they're bad uh Avery Williamson was getting some second string reps um well there might be a question of there's some cluster there too um but I I think we just need bodies at this point man I'm kind of worried about the injuries as well yeah no for sure and that's why they're playing second team like you usually have your practice squad guys or like you have a deep enough depth chart where you can just use these guys but the issue too is that you don't want to like kill like your backups either right so it's how many guys can actually manage this load where's little john flowers when you need him i miss that guy (laughs) you know what happened to like all the danny woodheads of uh before being like decent um it's tough man like all these guys could be playing second like doing some second unit runs just to give them give the first strings like a good look and that's another concern. This is where injury is going to be concerning because most of these guys are not used to after that CBA. Uh, what was it back in 2011, right? They reduced practices, the amount of contact. So guys are probably not going to be ready for it. And that's, you know, this is a concern. Yeah, man. I, I really, I just think that the, the, you're burying the lead because the really, really, really big concern and we've been seeing it and we've been being decimated. Those are pass catchers, man. We cannot buy a wide receiver at this point. Dude, it is. You asked me what was my concern for Mims. Ask me what my concern for the wide receiver core is. <laughs> it's tough, man. It's tough out here. Um, everybody's injured uh, right now. Crowder's going to have to get 100 catches. Crowder is about to be the most featured wide receiver he's ever been in his life right now. Yeah, um, I think uh, I'm partly to blame for Lawrence Cager getting hurt because I've been so excited about him and he was <laughs> doing so well. Um, he went down, but he had an MRI and it wasn't reported as to what it was. So therefore, I deem it to not be serious because if it was like season ending, blah, 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 or if it was after a couple of weeks, we would have known already. Yeah. We got, we got even your boy Jeff Smith got hurt. Vincent Smith is hurt. Jeff Smith is hurt. All like no, no one's no one's here anymore, man. Like everyone is just everyone's just dropping like <laughs> dropping like flies, and it's 
it's very, very, very concerning. I don't know what to, I just honestly don't know what to think about this team right now. It's very like, I don't even know how we're going to like operate. Like we're going to be really just throwing through our running backs and our tight ends. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. So we also have Hogan, right. Who didn't play, who hasn't been doing great, but he's all, he's a guy. Yeah. And we have Berrios who I'm, I mean, I'm not going to say anything cause I know I'm going to sound like a crazy Homer, but he's been looking decent, looking like a, you know, like he was looking okay last year by all accounts could be a solid third stringer, like just hanging out, like, you know, but let me let me talk to you about the scheme, right? And why Adam Gase has, in my opinion, come around to Bell, and why he why he could actually prove to be something this year. All right, I'm all yours. Because we have an offensive line that's going to be decent. Okay, Beckton's going to get beat on a couple plays every single game. We know. Okay, but we could we have we have a formidable line, and with that formidable line, we have Chris Herndon who's a pass catcher, and we have a couple tight ends who could block. Uh, Wesco is looking okay. Griffin is uh, kind of weirding me out with his statements after the injury. But we have some – we have at least, you know, some pass catching tight ends. Herndon looks, you know, like a real catcher. We have Crowder, who we could all agree is is uh, top five slot corner uh, – slot wide receiver, okay, mm-hmm. in the league. And then it gets super hazy, of course. Perryman is alive, man. I know he hasn't been practicing, but Perryman is alive. Okay, he's gonna come back. He's gonna play. Okay. I mean- Bell, Bell was breaking records for wide receiver things for receptions. Okay, and if you guys took notice today in the scrimmage, he was lining up out. He was catching over the shoulder catches. I think he's really gonna be featured on the out, and I think having Frank Gore back there and Perrine. If he's okay after he also got injured, um, hope you know they're gonna be okay to like back you know to hang out and be like the primary runbacks if Bell is cutting out there. So that's not bad. I, I don't think Mims is out for the year. I don't you know I I think we'll have some people, but that's just my like bring it down to earth. We could just run the ball a bunch, catch some five seven yards here, you know, um, feature the tight ends and like get something done. But from all accounts, it has not been looking too great in the scrimmage thus far. I mean, we're talking about our, except for Crowder, like most of our third and fourth string guys. Like, well, Her- Herndon, Bell, and Crowder, they could throw. They could, they can get a first down. Yes, sure, but like that's you know that only goes so far when everyone knows like oh they can't throw deep. Everyone's going to be going check down, check down. Like if we're going to be like just a check down team, like everyone's gonna know like what's happening. Like it's not it's not looking great because you need, you know, if we had Perryman, I'd be like, all right, all right, all right. You know, like we can we can do something. But let me just read you the list of what we got going so far. Receivers that are red are are active right now, Jameson Crowder, Chris Hogan, Josh Malone, Braxton Barrios, Jahu, Chesson, and <laughs> Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Campbell hasn't been bad though, but I know I don't, I don't want to like say it out loud. But he hasn't been he hasn't been terrible right now. The question is, is per, is Perryman alive? So he's technically in <laughs> quote end quote. It's he's injured. Denzel Mims, Vincent Smith, Lawrence Cager, Jeff Smith, and Josh Doxson opted out. So what are we actually working with here? This is where like this is why you know. 
when Samini said the offense didn't show up, like, are you, are you shocked that it didn't show up? Like, what are we working with to begin with? Um, and at the same time, like those guys don't see first team reps. And, you know, if you're, if you're Sam Darnold, like you're not working with these guys, you're just kind of like, all right, they're here. Like I'm, I'm, tr- I'm practicing with them, but if you're, you're not doing like intense route running scheming and all that type of stuff. So these guys have to learn and get caught to speed with Sam and being ready to fill in and, you know, but there's also like a reality too, why they're not starters. They're not, they're just not, you know what I mean? So like you hope that they can like turn out to be decent and do something, but this is going to look just like last year, which is not great. Uh, I mean, I, I still have hopes for Perryman to come back and Mims and Cager at least, like, shuffle in and out. You know what I mean? Like, injuries, like, uh, split split up a little. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm expecting them to come back. Mims is the one that really concerns me because hamstrings, like, we saw what – we know what happens with uh, – like, if we just – if we're, like – if I'm going to be, like – true alarmist and look at Will Fuller. Like he has hamstring problems all the time. And it's just like, he's in for like four games out for like five comes back for one or two and then out for the remainder of the season. And that's just like the, the biggest nightmare. Right. But for other guys, they're definitely going to be back. But if it's later during the season, if it's like game three, game four, then we're talking about a different time frame for these guys to get caught up to speed with Sam and to be ready and to be contributing at like the high level and for everything to be clicking. Right. The whole like football, we always talk about clicking at the right time because it's the ultimate team sport. 11 guys moving in motion at, as one in order to get into the right rhythm. And if, if the wide receivers are just not there yet, if, or if any piece of that puzzle is just not there yet, that's it's hard, man. And this is where it's just kind of like this is what's so frustrating is like we were now like developing something and now it's just like the same thing, the same issue, which is our wide receiver core that we've been running thin at for so long. It's like we need wide receivers okay so the free agent market okay that's where you get some right we get we get we get but there's really nothing there we got demarius thomas who's 100 years old who i feel like if we wanted him we would have got him back already yeah okay yeah i'm just gonna leave it at that like i don't know demarius thomas like he he could fill in for like a little bit but my issue with dt is that if once you get him then you have to like I don't know. We, we were, we were using him last year, right? We were using him towards the end. And it's like, is he just taking up a spot then? Is he just taking up reps? Like we don't need to be, it's, this is like an issue that I have with the Knicks. It's like when you sign veterans, like, are they taking reps away from like key guys who just need to develop? And if it's going to be from like Mims, like I'm not really too thrilled about that. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, there's also Taylor Gabriel who has some concussion history. I don't even know if he's going to be playing again this year, but he's still out there. Yeah. Jordan Matthews, Paul Richardson just got signed, so he's not even available anymore. There's really not, you know, much out there on the free agent market that we're really like missing out on at this point. Nope. To, to be fair, um, it's pretty bare out there. So then, do you think anything possible could like happen? midseason do you think like trades could happen or anything to like get a receiver that we need on this team um i mean it's hard it's hard to predict trades especially in the nfl because we it really depends on how teams end up doing right Um, but just a couple like wide receivers that i have 
it just in my brain um, is Allen Robinson, who is has that Bears Douglas Gates relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, he's looking for a long contract. Uh, he didn't get it. He's rep by Vayner Sports, Gary V Connection. I, even though his brother AJ is really the one running it, um, there's they they live here. You know, they also rep Leo Williams, and they had that first Jets Giants trade. So they're you know they're involved with the organizations. Um, they got some good uh, some good karma there. I wouldn't be so. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if. We gave him like a first round pick for Allen Robinson. I, I'd give I'd give a first rounder for A Rob and a massive contract. Yeah, I mean he's a legit wide receiver one, and you know injuries has been his biggest concern. He's always been injury played, whether it was in Jacksonville, or even in Chicago. I feel bad that he's with Mitch Trubisky. He probably does deserve someone like a Sam Darnold, like and I'm, like. I love Sam. I'm not saying Sam's like the greatest thing in the world, but it's so much better than Mitch. <laughs> so like, like I could see, I could see that playing out because the bears, the bears are an interesting team because they're like, we, we discussed this. They're like the 2009, 2010 jets. That was a very short, small window. And there's a terrible trade up for a terrible quarterback, even though Marky Sanchez, I love you, bro. Even though you hurt me so many times. So many times. Love the Sanchez. But, you know, Bears are in that same situation. They, like, I don't know how well they're going to play this season. I don't – that division is going to be interesting because the Packers, Vikings are definitely two teams that are going to be competing for that top spot. And then it's going to be – it's going to be whatever's left over for the Bears – or the Lions, because Stafford is back and he's healthy. But, you know, the question with the Lions, I don't really trust the Lions just because Matt Patricia is not really a good head coach and that team is just like, it's all Stafford to be magical and like bring that team in. It's like very, very hard to do Get every game. Like, I, I just don't trust that team. But the Bears, like even still, like it's usually like an average of two teams from each division that makes it, right? So they're so weird. I can just see them like not starting off like really well and then just like needing to make a trade and get something in return. And I could see like, I would totally give up a first. I would give up like, I would give up this year's first to get a Rob. Like we don't have a wide receiver, man. We, we might need to keep our picks for this year. I'm just saying like, if we don't know like the talent pool, like, and if we can get a Rob for just like a first rounder, why not just trade a first round to get a Rob and just keep sign him? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, like honestly, I wouldn't be surprised, but he's not—he's not somebody that would come now, right? With two, especially two weeks, this would be like a deadline deal. This is a deadline deal, but the person I could see coming now is really somebody like it would have to be like a, a, a non-friendly deal that someone is like trying to get off of, like an Alshon Jeffrey. Oh my God, that is a no. I would not want Alshon Jeffrey. Like I would. I, He's making 26 mil against the cap, right? And then another 18 next year, so it's not great. But he'd be a, he'd be a, a wide receiver for, like, that's those trades that come on your ticker. And it's like, how did this team get, you know, Alshon Jeffrey for, like, a fifth-round pick? You know what I mean? Like, this is the kind of trade that would come through. Yeah, no, like, and it's so true. When you like, why did it give him for a fifth-round pick? And it's like, I don't know, the dude's been injury plagued. Pay, like over has a bloated salary can barely stay on the field and sounds like, like that, man 
Oh my god, it's got jet written all over it. He just like listened to me like all the characters like yes, jet, jet, like yes. Just trade a fifth round to get him, and I'd be like, hmm, you know what? That's not a bad move. <laughs> exactly. Like I could just see it happening as like one of uh the other uh deals, but again, what, I, what the the trends I guess I'm picking up from Joe Douglas in the short time is number one. He loves you if you're a uh, – a couple of trends. One, he loves you if you're a captain in college, okay? If, and if number two, if you're a track star, he's all about it. And number three, he does not care if you were injured. He does not care about injury history. Like, that does not bother him. He sees it as a bargain deal, more of as a liability. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, these guys are, like, talented and you're just rolling the dice. Like, these guys do have seasons where they're healthy for most – if not all. So you got to take, you got to take that gamble and it's all right. It's all about the cost of the gamble. Like if you're trading a fifth round pick for Alshon Jeffrey and eating up 26 mil, I'd be like, you know, what? that's not a bad deal. Like if we had to trade like a second or a third, I'd be like, what are we doing? Like what I'd just rather roll the dice and like draft somebody and see what happens. No, it'd have to be four or lower. Absolutely. There's no way, especially with that contract. Cause yeah, the contract is honestly insane. Like the 26 this year is whatever, because we could eat it this year, but the 18 next is kind of tough. Yeah, especially with the COVID, especially with COVID impacting the cap. We don't know what the cap's going to be like next season. It, like, and for anyone who's just like questioning, like, what's wrong with 18? If you weren't willing to pay Jamal Adams that same price, like, that's why. Like, we, it, you just don't know. And like, and especially for a guy who's been in, injury prone, like, we could pay him 18. It's like, well, we need somebody. It's like, well, we can't get rid of him because we have to pay him 18. It's just concerning. It's it's it doesn't make it financially business decision for a football team. It doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, I, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't like I wouldn't like that trade honestly. Like unless like we're doing like fifth or sixth, but I would I would it'd still hurt. It would still hurt. I'd be like grinding my teeth. Like okay, yes. a Douglas deal doesn't feel like a Douglas deal. The one that really does feel like a Douglas deal is a Rob man. He really does like a gamble, a little bit of a risk, right? But. They have the relationship. They know him. Um, I was about to say, there's definitely a relationship because uh, Gase was there as a bear. Mm-hmm. He was working there. I mean, wasn't D- Joe Douglas there too? I think Douglas was there during that time. Uh, I'm pretty sure they overlapped. Okay. Um, and honestly, I mean, Mims and Allen Robinson for the next five years, sign me up, dude. Oh, my God. I would – dude, that'd be like – that's that, that's like um, – out for that you don't have to you don't have to beg for a draft pick to come down you know what i'm saying you just you just pay him that's all you have to do you have to you just you pay the bears like a second round pick or whatever which of course like light up every second round pick we've ever owned (laughs) and then and we can also draft a wide receiver too you know what i mean like that's the other thing it's like okay so then you can draft a top talented wide receiver and then you can play the game and alan robinson he, I think he would be, depending on like what we signed him to and nothing too ridiculous, he could be a tradable contract no matter what team because he's so talented. He can play. He just needs a good quarterback. He hasn't had a good quarterback for most of his career. His best quarterback was Blake Bortles. Like, think about that. It was Blake Bortles. And like, huh. and what, what was it? The last time like they went for the playoffs and they were going toe-to-toe with the Patriots, right? Was that it? So I, was he there or was he injured? I forget. I forget, but regardless, that was regardless. Bortles was like the best quarterback he's played with. Anyone would be happy to have a Rob on their team 
if we traded for him and just signed him, and then we see that we got a cheap wide receiver that's good, we could ship A-Rob for like another deal, like get another pick, get a player, and then you can, and you can still build assets. Just give me A-Rob, man. Just give me A-Rob in the huddle. Give me a wide receiver that knows stuff, right? That, that could almost guide Darnold. Like, right, what bothers me right now is that Darnold is, is like the veteran, Right, like I obviously Bell and Gore are there, but like when we're talking wide receivers, like he's he's the one telling them what to do, and that scares the hell out of me. Okay, like I need I would love a Rob to be there and be like, "Yo, man, I got you." Like if you're scrambling to the right, I know what to do, and trust me, like I'll be there. Yeah, I think that that report is building with Crowder, um, and it's underrated, and I think it's gonna it's building with Bell, and it's underrated, and I think it's building with Herndon, and I think that the tight ends are low-key our best positions, and they're going to make a huge difference on this team. Really? You think the, you think the tight ends, not the running backs? You don't think Bell, Gore? Are- uh, yeah, the running backs are good, but they're so dependent on the offensive line. Like, if the offensive line is getting chewed up uh, by a squad, like, we really – like, they have no shot. But what but wouldn't that go – like, couldn't you argue the same thing for, like, your pass catchers too? Like, if we're getting – if Donald's not getting any time in the pocket, like – no, I, I, that's that, that's why I think that Crowder and and the tight ends are going to be so important because if, if he doesn't have any time in the pocket, that it's going to be just them, like just to dump off to them. Just check downs like constantly? Or just like a slot, like, you know, a quick like, you know, when listen, man, when good quarterbacks are, are, are being outmanned at the, in, in the trenches, they find ways to get the balls to their pass catchers. You know what I'm saying? And those are their reliable guys. Like, that's why – the best quarterbacks always have these tight ends that like you think are amazing, but they never do well anywhere else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because those quarterbacks make them so good. And those slot wide receivers that just like stake in every other place and you think, oh, it's the scheme, it's the scheme. No, man, it's the quarterback. And like it's the way they utilize it. For sure. I mean, we'll see, you know, we'll see in New England how that works for a certain, certain uh, Julian Edelman. We'll see how good he is without his, uh, his boy. Um, Cam is there, man. Like, Cam is real, and I'm so happy we don't have to worry about, like, facing the Patriots too, too soon. But, like, the Bills are coming to town, and I'm kind of worried about them, man. Like, um, the, so Thursday, September 3rd, mm-hmm. is our scheduled fourth preseason game. Which means we're two weeks out of week one of the Bills. Like, and, and sitting here with all these injuries adding up and all the question marks adding up as opposed to, like, decreasing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's starting to worry me. Like, you, I'm telling you, like, right now, last, like, in a real, in a bizarro 2020 world where everything is normal – We'd be going nuts right now watching Ben Roethlisberger and then, the, you know, Le'Veon Bell go up against the Steelers in the week three where we all play our starters in the first half. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's such as the life of a Jets fan, right? <laughs> what is it going? Pessimistic, huh? Yeah, man. Like, like, I, like I think the line's going to be better. Our running game's going to be better. It's just hard, man. It is just really, really, really hard because, like, you know, like you need – it's – it's. this is not – the it's NFL – beautiful. It's going to be sloppy. The NFL has changed from where it was to what it is now. It used to be that Rex Ryan, ground and pound, we could run the ball, be physical, do all those type of things. 
But really, the game's changed to be a passing league and be pass happy. Uh, and like, we don't have the pass catchers to be a pass happy team. And, you know, it's gone from being 60 40 run to being 50 50, or if not 60 40 pass, like depending on the team. And, but a good team is very well balanced. The Jets are not going to be well balanced. And so that's why it's concerning. Like, if they just know that we're going to be giving it to Bell, Gore, Herndon, Griffin, or Crowder all the time, you know what's coming. And those guys aren't deep threats. You know what I mean? So we're not sending Bell out on a, on a flag or a post. Like he's, he's doing an underneath route. Crowder, Crowder could potentially be doing that type of stuff, but he's more of a guy who's going to be doing like a dig and in like doing five, 10 yards out. And it's just like, we just, it's just, it's just going to be so like, it's not going to be like everyone knows what play we're running, but there's certain guys that they're like, all right, you know, if we can walk down like 10 yards and force these guys to really try to eat it, like they're going to have to like really, really, really like work to get something on us. And unless Chris Hogan or one of the other wide receivers decides to step up and really show out, it's just going to be really, really tough. And that's why for me, it's real. It's, that's why I feel this way. Cause it's just, it's, you know, if we started with everybody, if we started with Mims, Perryman, like all these guys would be like, you know what? Like, you heard me like, I would be like, no, we can still throw it deep with these guys. Like I said that not too long ago when we were talking about wide receivers, we could still throw it deep. I was like, no, you know what? I think you can be balanced with like those two guys, but we don't have those two guys. We're having, we're going to have to rely on guys who are just not that experienced, not as talented as Mims. And like, we haven't even seen Mims really play, but I like, if you're taking someone in the second round and like, like I would have, I'd hope that they're good, that they're startable. Right. And same thing with like Perriman, like Perriman, at least like, Yes, he had a good like fin- end of the season last year, like had 100 receiving yards for like the last five, six games, whatever. It was getting like touchdowns in almost every single game. But it's like, you know, like it's just so hard. It is just so hard for me to be like so like optimistic to like think that this team can just like work with just Bell, Griffin, Herndon and Crowder. That just, it's just hard. Like if those are your, like your only weapons, like you need a few more, like really good teams have balance right mm-hmm. yeah i mean i i, I agree I, I do think that this is a gase's time to shine oh, and oh, it, oh. it is it is his time to shine i'll let you finish but go, go like I, I agree go ahead no like this like when you call your when if you're getting the title guru if you are getting the title guru you work with what you got and you can make it successful if you can't make this successful like and i and i'm giving him like this is, I'm not saying I'm expecting him to be like uh, like Aaron Rodgers-esque or just like some crazy pass-happy team, like, and that we're like beating teams left and right. But I, if like, if you can give me some sort of level of competence with what we got, like where we're not just like relying on going underneath and we can get some deep passes, guys could get some separation and all that type of stuff. And you can figure out to get that separation with the talent that you have and you can just be crafty. I will give him, I'll tip the cap to him. You can't I, – I, can't, I will not accept the term guru until I see it. Yeah, and I, I think that he's made it clear that he only cares about the offense and he, this is all he has to care about, and his quarterback is healthy. All right? He's even got Flacco back there hanging out just in case. Okay? Like, he's got everything. He's got, he's got running backs. And I will say one thing. Bell was running post, okay? And I, I do think you'll be surprised, man. I do think Bell is going to do some things this year. That are going to surprise you, and I'm I'm really excited to see it. I don't think like I, I know he has did it. Like he's a good pass catcher. Like we've seen him do it out in Pittsburgh. Even I'm sorry. Records. 
He didn't just like hang out and like catch some what and like some things out of the. Oh no, 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 no! Like I totally get that. Bell's like a really good running back pass catcher, and that's why like it's awesome that we have Bell. Like last year, like it didn't work out, but at the same time, like we had an O line that just sucked. So mm-hmm. like, we have a really new O line this year. Literally, yeah. um, I'm worried about our right guard position. We, they they kind of like been like throwing it under the bus. Uh, just like, oh, you know, oh, Ben Rowan's not in today. Oh, we had Jonathan Harrison in the other day. Oh, now we're trying someone else. The right guard is kind of weirding me out, okay? But uh, I-, I won't get too into it. Wait until you see my name on the list. We're trying out uh, Alex Jeteris at right guard. Whoa, 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 whoa. what? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't really know what's going on. Um, we'll see. Um, it w- I mean, I kind of, I kind of hate relying on words from reporters who are clearly biased in their own regard. I mean, we had, we have a, we have a Manish versus Gase, like real, real like employee battle where like now this guy's like credentials are taken away. Cause like, you know, this guy was like accusing this guy of stuff. Like they're really getting at each other's paychecks. So it's kind of getting heavy. So we're, we're relying on them for our news and I, I can't like watch with my eyes or like watch the all 22 on game cast. Like I can't do anything. Yeah. I mean, can't show up to the, I can't show up to MetLife. I can't drink in the parking lot. I can't do anything. Can't do anything, but I, I know. And it's like really hard to just rely on these guys to like see and get a feel for like what's going on. Like this is, this is where I was saying, like, if you fall, like shout out to Eric Allen, the media media guy at uh jets, uh, for the Jets, but like I would watch his stuff, and, like how he interviews all the guys, and it just makes you feel good, right? I think the only guy like I can really, nah, not the only guy. Like Connor Hughes is pretty good. Rich Semini is good. Uh, like I like these guys, but I, there's also like there's also like a bias too. Like there is definitely a bias when it comes to these guys, and I don't know. I, it's hard to like figure it out because we're trusting. It's not like I can't trust these guys. I, they do a really good job, like with reporting, but it's you know. Like, as you said, you want to see it with your own eyes and like try to put it together, see like what what's actually happening. Like, is there actually good camaraderie? Is there like is there chemistry going on? Like, what the hell's going on here? Like, we don't even know. Yeah, we just like religiously follow these guys, like Connor Rogers, you mentioned, and like a couple other guys. Um, but yeah, uh, I I am cautiously excited about the season at this point because i know week one versus the bills is going to be a stinker it's going to be like 14 12 and i hope that we have the 14 but speaking of that what i mean we're, we're with our predictions we are heading into the last four games of the season you're at five and seven i'm at six and six i mean and you were screaming how that was super duper optimistic right and now we're even more pessimistic than that riding in here so who knows what's about to happen Oh my God. But you know, like I can't use what we're seeing right now for like my prediction. So I'm a, you know, deal, deal, deal. So, 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 so the next game we have in is we go, so I had tickets to this game and if they open to fans, I'm going to try to go back. Um, Jets at Seahawks. Oh my God. Jamal McDougal. What do you got? <sighs> so, for this one, I actually feel like the Jets are going to win this one. Oh, man. You think that we're going to be able to take on the Magician at home? I will say, look, the Seahawks give up some strange games. 
Mm-hmm. And the Jets are going to come in there rowdy. Mm-hmm. They're definitely going to have something to prove. And this is the game where it's like, it's a statement game. And the Jets are due for at least one statement game every season. And I think this is it. And, okay, fair. And so that's why I think, I think it's going to be a good combination of just like, Wilson's going to be off. Jets are going to be on. It's going to be a statement game. Uh, Adams gets the raw end of the deal on this one. And Jets come out looking looking pretty good. All right. I mean, wishful thinking. Uh, Jets are horrific on the West Coast. But as it stands right now, there are no fans. So I'll give it to you. But I just don't think that's going to be the case by December. I think that there will be fans in Seattle. And we will get absolutely crushed because we're – we won't be able to hear a signal with the whoever is lined up at wide receiver for us. Okay. So I think it's going to be an issue for us. So I'm definitely taking the L out in Seattle. Okay. I can understand. Like I can understand. And also like Jamal is emotional. Motion is not great in football. You do good for a play a down a quarter, but you can't sustain it. Yeah. I, I, I just, the Jets always surprise us with one game. And it's just like, how did we do that? It was like when we had Geno Smith and it was his rookie season and we beat the Falcons, but we were lucky that year because not only did we beat the Falcons, but we came back two weeks later or something like that and beat the New Orleans Saints. And I was like, oh, are we good? Almost like last year when we beat the Cowboys. Exactly. Like we beat the Cowboys. I'm just like, are we good? <laughs> yeah. No, we weren't. We're not. And so like, I, 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 we're just going to get that game and it's going to like, so like my record would be like six and seven and we're going to be like in this quandary. Like, Oh my God, can, can we actually like win out and do something? Yeah. Feeling good. That's why. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess we're going to, we're going to stay on the West coast probably and not travel because we got the, we we're back in LA for our second game, but this time versus the Rams. Okay. This is a W for me. This is a W for you. Tom McVay stinks, okay? He's over, way overhyped. I don't care who has lunch with McVay. He's a good offensive coordinator. Let's just calm down, okay? He's writing notes during the defense, like writing offensive plays. He's just a glorified Adam Gase, okay? He doesn't have a quarterback that's going to take him to the promised land. I, I, I'm really not buying the Rams, especially in December. So, Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I would say, like, so you, you, got, you got the Jets beating the Rams. Is there- seven and seven right now. You're seven to seven. Um, I just, for some reason, I, I look at their defense with Aaron Darnold. They got they got a solid secondary. I just don't see, like, even with our pass catchers fully healthy, I just don't – I can't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of those games where, that, where Jalen Ramsey is out partying and Aaron Darnold's out partying because they don't think they have to do anything. The Jets are coming to town after we just got mauled by the Seahawks. Well, and this is this is our like quote unquote surprise game because this, yeah because like again like you know we're going to L A Sean McVay the whole deal just got you know crushed by the Seahawks on the West Coast and I just see you know the Jets stayed out there for a week so it's not really a West Coast game anymore and we actually win this one I could see that and like like I, I could see that I, for me it's just like I think that. The Rams are going to look at this like they're probably going to be because that's going to be a tough division. I see them like I see McVay like really ramping into them saying like, look, guys, we, we got to be like really, really serious and like take every opponent that we get like 
seriously. Like there's no, there's no easing off the pedal at this point. And I think that we're going to get the lucky one, as I already said, at Seattle. And this is the one where it just, it's going to stink and it goes, it's going to hurt. So, and I like, I don't think this is going to be a blowout. I just think it's going to be a close game, but the Rams are going to get this one on us. All right. And so then we're home for the Browns. Yep. And you're at six and eight. Yep. And we are going to beat the Browns. Beat the Browns. Beat the Browns. And then that leaves the Patriots as the last game of the season. Oh wait, well, what do you what do you got the Browns? You you have the Jets beating the Browns or what? I got the Jets going three W's to end the season. Woo! All right, so I got them taking the L against the Patriots. Just because, like I said, if we were home, if we were, if the last game was home against the Patriots, I'd take it. But because we're going to to New England, I I can't see that. And because the other game was a Monday night, very hard for me to see us to get even one with win against the Patriots. So, unfortunately, this would be an L for me. I wish they were home. I would take it. I would take the win if they were home. Okay, yeah, I'm 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 going to these three games because they're going to be so different. Like the Rams game is going to be connected to the West Coast trip. Okay, then you're going to come back to the Browns for, you know, that home game, that last home game of the season vibe, okay, to close it out. You're going to have Odell Beckham coming back to the to MetLife. you got Baker versus Sam. It's going to be a whole different vibe, right, Greg Williams. And they beat us last year. Yes, no, for sure. There's a, there's a little bit of that. And then it's going to be at the Patriots to go from 8-8 eight and eight to 9-7, and seven, which could possibly be a wild card. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, so who know you know who knows what's going to be going on or even honest to God it could even be an AFC East division. There's no Tom Brady. There's, no, there's eight players missing from the Patriots. They could lose games this year. You know what I mean? Sure. No. Totally. I, I could see that happening too. I mean, I, I just I need like I have more. I hate the Patriots. I have more faith in Belichick than I did Brady, mm-hmm. and I just can't like I know they're losing. They lost eight guys. Serious talent. But I just, it's just like, like, it's not that I just, I, I need, I don't need to see the Jets beat the Patriots because we have beaten the Patriots. I just need to see the Patriots not beat the Patriots. That's what I need to see. Okay. So and, what's your, what, what's your, what's your end uh, tally? Seven. Nine. And I'm a nine and seven. Yeah. Okay. Like, That's- yeah, I see it. I, like, I could see it. I could see it's doing the same thing as, last season with the difficult schedule, like we're going to get our wins. We're going to be competitive. Like there's teams that are going to take us lightly. There's games where we're just going to show up and just like play, like, like just everything's clicking on all cylinders, but I just don't seeing it being consistent enough where it's just like truly, truly built for like a a full on winning season. Also, we're still a rebuilding team. And it's like, it's very hard for me to see like a rebuilding team, just win nine games unless like we had an easy schedule. And since we have the second difficult schedule in the NFL. Um, that's Yeah. I mean, I agree with you, but if Gates doesn't make the playoffs, I don't want to see his face in my building. Oh, 100%. No, this season. Uh, so for him this season, like the reason why people were like, they were calling for his head last season. And I was like one of those people, but we had to pay bowls last year. The Jets were paying bowls last year. Jets are done paying bowls this year. So if they want to, like, they're done paying this year. So if they don't mind paying Gase's salary for another two years after this, like, they could easily cut ties with him and be like, oh, well, we don't, 
we don't want you anymore. And just like, go find somebody else. Douglas is going to make the stamp on his organization if Gase does not make the playoffs. And I would, if that's the, if he doesn't make the playoffs, I expect Bellamy to be uh, the, okay. yeah, Kansas City Chiefs' offensive coordinator. I would like to see that. Yeah, we'll get an interview. We'll see what happens, like, well, with, with who's out there. I'm sure that uh, all the college football coaches are going to be knocking at our door, especially with the weird football season coming around. There's always ties um, to the Harbaugh's. And, all, you know, there's all these all these guys always come knocking once a New York job is rumored to be open. For sure. But I just see, like, Bellamy's been, like – the coach for so long that everyone's been waiting for that. I'm not saying I, I, I'm predicting that he will be the Jets next head coach. I would like to see it just cause like, I think he's a very talented guy, especially working under Andy Reed, who's like a very knowledgeable offensive scheme guy. And we still need offense. Like we should be moving away from defensive coaches. We've had so many defensive coaches. We need some offensive minded guys here. So that's why I think Bellamy would be like a legitimate, like choice to look at and actually like really consider considering like he's worked with Pat Mahomes. He's worked with Andy Reed. He's worked with Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, like all these dudes and they want to chip. And so why not go from, why not, why not poach somebody from like a championship winning team who knows what it takes to win a championship and to help continue that culture to keep to help that development. He helped Pat Mahomes. He was there for all of it. So like, why not look for it? And like, with a guy like Sam Darnold, like he can probably connect with Sam Darnold and say, "Hey, look, I know, I know, I know what you need. I know what you're looking for. Like, I, I help Pat Mahomes." Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he had an interview with the Jets um, this past uh, hiring for Gay, so he's on the radar. Mm-hmm. So I think it's good. I, I just for some reason, man, I just if I had to put money on it right now, this second, who is to be the next head coach for the New York Jets? I would put my money on Harbaugh. Yeah. I just feel like he's coming. I just feel like he's going to, he's perfect for like a Sam quarterback. He like, he could rile up the jets. He could like, he does good with the media. The owners will like him. He, he's a, he's a Johnson guy. You know what I mean? He just feels like the right fit. He's not going to do anything in the media. That's going to bother anyone. He's going to drink his milk with steaks like a weirdo and everything's going to be fine. Jesus. Oh my God. That Michigan. Ugh. Yeah, I, I mean, again, just the future. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. I, 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 I hear you. Like, if I if we got Harbaugh, that'd be legit. I mean, what he did with the 49ers is like. Yeah. As long as he doesn't do what we did, we did what he did with Michigan to us, I'll be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that wraps up this episode of the Jets for Knicks, Jets, etc. Um but we're going to go to the center portion. Alex, what do we got going today? So like I mentioned earlier, John, we're going to be talking about guilty food pleasures. Just like I'm keeping it, you know, we talk a lot of sports. I want to get, I want to, you know, start developing like a relationship with like our listeners hearing what we like to do, or like what we're interested in. So we're going to be talking about guilty pleasure foods, what we like to eat. So it can be your favorite junk food, fast food, or just like any, like, I don't want to say like, like, I'm not talking about like high cuisine type crap because like, honestly, like that's changes state by state, okay, locale, locale, like, it's so hard to, like, choose it, so let's go with something, like, so, like, what is something that, you know, like, whether you're, like, you're traveling, or, like, you know, like, you're just, like, it's late night, and you just, like, need something, like, 
greasy and delicious. Like what, what do you like? So we're going to do three top three, like guilty fresh pleasure foods. Okay. Who's going first? Two. Come on, man. I'm, the, I'm just a nice guy. You're always going first. Okay. Okay. So I guess my go-to, especially if I'm going like on an early morning trip, right? I got to go with the iconic Becky. You got to get the bacon, egg, and cheese with salt and pepper. And if you get ketchup, you're a weirdo. I don't care what anybody says. That's a fact. <laughs> I don't I don't get, like, you know, like, I can – I've tried ketchup with eggs, like, very few times, and it just does not work, man. It's like I don't want paste with, like – I like – I want the yolk, man. I want the yolk going down, like, the bacon and all that type of stuff. You know what you should throw on there? Give me a, give me a hash brown with that bacon egg, and it's like, then we're talking – Okay, or if you get maple syrup all over, that's fine too. Not on a bacon egg and cheese sandwich, but if you got like a platter going on, you got that maple syrup that runs by it, it'd be good to go. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Okay, nice. I can always get down to bacon egg and cheese. Um, for me, my guilty pleasure, one of my guilty pleasures, like if I'm going on a road trip, especially like when I'm going between Boston and New York, there's like this. I I don't know why, but it's just like I don't get Subway that often, but it's like I get. I get like this specific sandwich I like to make. So it's like, uh, it's the Philly cheesesteak meat with, uh, with uh, shredded cheddar, um, jalapenos, olives, chipotle uh, mayo sauce on top of it. And just like, I don't know why, but that's just like, it's a weird combo that just hits the spot. And I'm just like, all the time, all the time. I'm just like, it's so like, and I, it's, it's not like every month, but it's like every time I do it, it's like, you know what? I can go for this right now. That, man, that, I mean, that's fair. Uh, I haven't had Subway in such a long time, but when I was out working in Framingham, Massachusetts, that's what I was eating because I, I just didn't have that deli sandwich I was so used to, and really all I had was Subway. So I feel you, man. I would, I would, I was also heading to Subway when I was out in Mass. Yeah, I mean, Subway's like so. It's like a true like New Englandy, especially Connecticut type of ordeal. Like you could. And that's where I usually stop. I'm usually in Connecticut passing through Yukon and just like, it's like right there. And I'm just like, yep, got to do it. Like I probably would like, if I eat like a full meal, I'm just like, you know what? I still got to do it. Still got to, still got to do it. <laughs> that's fair. So I, I guess for my second pick, I'm, I'm just going to stay, I'm going to stay real. And I guess being from Staten Island, man, pizza, dude, I eat pizza at least once a week, but it's specifically like if I'm hungry as a meal, I'll get a chick. I'll get a chicken roll with a side of like a slice, and I'll get like a regular slice or a vodka slice or buffalo chicken slice. But like, man, I eat that like once a week, and that it's like an issue. Like I, ha- I eat like pizza like like once or twice a week. Like I, I don't even know if it's a guilty pleasure at this point. It's just like it's just a way. Of life. <laughs> <laughs> it's a staple of the way you live. Like you just need pizza. What is like? What is your favorite? favorite favorite type of pizza though like is it plain is it like pepperoni is it the penne what is it like honestly just like a regular cheese slice of pizza dude oh my god i can always go for a cheese slice of pizza man that's all i need in my life really i get crazy because like honestly like a weird thing about me is no matter how mild a something spicy is it, I'll eat it, and I like I like spicy food to a certain extent. I don't mind it, but even if it's so super mild, I'll start sweating. And there's nothing I can do about it. It's like an involuntary thing that happens to me. So I'll eat a buffalo chicken slice, but like, <laughs> or like I'm in the right conditions, or 
like the right amount of napkins or like I'm comfortable with the people around me. Like my whole body doesn't sweat, but like my head, my head, like literally just my head will just start sweating. Like, <laughs> like, and there's nothing I can do. I just like, like dabbing my head with like napkins and stuff. So <laughs> I'm always down with the plain slice of pizza, man. Just give me a plain slice and I'm good to go. Dude, give me a plain slice. And I also like, I like to put the seasoning on top. So I like the garlic. I like the red pepper flakes. I love the Parmesan. Like I just do it all. And like, it's so good. Have you been, uh, what am I, have you been? I miss LMB, man. I just miss LMB. That's so good. I can, oh man, I just want a good Sicilian slice too. Oh my God. LMB is good. LMB is good. But honestly, Staten Island pizza, just like, I'm good with Staten Island, Staten Island Italian food and like their pizza. That is the one thing that I just cannot hate on Staten Island for. No matter what, like they are, they are just like on top of that. Honestly, there's a, um, actually the, I don't know if you've watched it, but the movie, The King of Staten Island with Pete Davidson and Bill Burr. Oh, I need to watch that. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, Davidson was like around my high school when I was there too. Like we're around the same age. Um, so I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big fan recently too. Um, he just like got me going. Uh, this movie was really good, and the restaurant that's mostly based on is actually a pizzeria uh, called Danino's. Uh, famous like pizzeria, sit down, um, and me and my mom, like me and my parents, go there. But like we could straight up eat. Me and her just like take down a thin slice of cheese pizza, no problem. Like me and her, like no issue. You're making me want pizza, man. You're making me want pizza. Oh my god, I wanted pizza yesterday too, and I just didn't get it. Boston pizza is good. But, man, it's nothing like New York, man. Patty. It's, it's, it's doughy. Yeah, it is doughy. Um, there's actually one good one. Uh, where is it? It's, uh, there's, I think it's called a Push Cart. It's in the North End. Um, it's, it's really good, dude. That's, like, the closest thing I can get. And it's, like, I'm, like, all right, I, I can go there and go get it. Like, I, I'll, I'll gladly do it. Um, but I'll move on for uh, my second, which is, uh, dude, I'm always down for a good burrito. Oh, nice. For a good burrito. Get me with the beans, the black uh, black beans, rice, and it has to, like, pork. Give me the carnitas, man. Oh, my God. And, like, guacamole. Woo! With the cheese and everything. Ah, dude. I just, like, as... <laughs> when I was living over in Cambridge, there's a, there's a restaurant called Felipe's, and I, 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 I should have just bought stocks, bro, because, like, the amount of, like burritos that i ate over there like it was almost like every other week and it was just like oh my god it was so good man i get how i felt with bombers uh which is um oh up in albany uh uh you know the mexican burrito spot up in albany which was like also a like a really small bar but it was like really popular for some reason anyway but it was mostly like a food spot we'd go like sit down and drink a lot well you know why it was popular right more the 21 margarita yeah man so for 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 people who don't know like because john and i both went to suny albany together when you turn 21 up in albany there's like three spots that you get drinks for free and the drinks are just massive just like crazy massive so you have beer garden where you get a booth that holds seven beers and it's legit like ipa or lager that you get not like any bug light or anything like that you get a legit <laughs> you get a legit beer and like for free then after that you go to bombers this is like the line you go to bombers and they give you this massive margarita and it's meant for like five people to share because it's just that big you need both your hands to hold this thing literally 
It's it's huge. They take a deposit from you because you everyone breaks it. Yeah. No, they take a deposit from you from uh, bombers, and they also take a deposit from you from beer garden because this thing is just like it's they're ridiculous. Uh, and then the last spot is teas, uh, WTs. Uh, Get the teacup from Old English. I never did the teacup from Old English. Uh, Alex, what are you doing to me over here, dude? I, I was, I was, it was my birthday. People just like led me around to be like, Alex, you come in here. We're doing this, this, and this, and this. Man, they have a, they have a huge, insanely sized teacup with cider in it. Or if you want beer, but they like to put cider in it. So you get that weird drink for the night. Okay. 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 I, well, you don't, oh, man, I can't believe I missed out on that, but these <laughs> teas that you get your bottle of champagne and then it's just like, that's the way to top the end of the night. It's like, all right. I, just to get that crappy champagne and you're like all right i made it <laughs> you just did you just did the mile and you're just like i made it and then you go home and you pass out and you wake up with like the worst hangover the next day forgot the the, the cherry on top what's the that Lito's. oh my god get me <laughs> get me that uh bacon chicken change oh my god the worst piece oh so uh just be, like I went there because I, I, I stayed there for Albany Law. So I was sober um, during those days. I actually went to D. Carlitos like as a human being and I ate that slice. And wow, it was horrible. I was like, how did we take these down? Dude, you want, there's a reason why. So the thing about D. Carlitos is that it's only open, it opens, it's not open during the day, it doesn't open up at noon, it opens up at 5, 6 p.m. That's when they start taking orders. And right. and they stay open until like 2 in the morning. And then they shut down, it's only, like, their, their living is meant off of like chicken, bacon, ranch, pizza. Like, they have like, those coming out by like, I feel like the dozen. <laughs> Ridiculous, that's all they make their money off of. Literally a pizza spot that's not open during the daylight. No, like it never like i've never been in there during the day never dude it's good don't yeah no absolutely I, I i don't need to but the bombers burritos those things are massive so yeah. bombers was fire bombers is fire those things you better have like seven stomachs to be ready to eat that burrito though yeah all right so for my last pick uh i'll actually go with the guilty pleasure <laughs> um and it's ralph's ices so i don't know if you ever heard of ralph's ices but um, it's from Staten Island, uh, originated here. There's, it's also on Long Island. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, uh, it's just like an ices store, like with, with like 50 to a hundred f- different flavors of ice. So I get like the graham, my go-to is a graham cracker crunch and the birthday cake. You just put those together and you're just living, you're living the, the, the life. I think they opened one in my hometown. Pretty sure I went to it. It's good. I, I, I can eat, that's like my actual guilty pleasure because like i can actually like drown myself in ralph's and it's a problem oh my god like i love i like i like i like ice cream i'm not like deeply in love ice cream like ben and jerry's is like my thing to go go for like cherry garcia is like my thing just yeah oh my god can't get enough of that not like yes it's you can get like a water ice or a dairy ice but like the dairy is not like an ice cream, right? Like you have, when you have like a ice cream, like you're full. Like, you know, you don't, I can eat like a tank of this, like ices and be like, yeah, yeah, we're good. Like no problem. Like, <laughs> So for me, I, I have a big sweet tooth. 
So my thing is chocolate chip cookies, but there's two that have been really going at it so far. Tate's chocolate chip cookies, the Long Island brand, which is awesome. And then there's Trader Joe's chocolate chip cookies. They are, they are low key bomb. They are like diabolical. Oh, honestly, like Trader Joe's has some unbelievable desserts. Dude, really? They, they, act, they like, they knock it out of the park. I just don't get it. Honestly, last year I was like ran around, um, like fall through winter. Oh, it had to be like the winter time, like uh, around December. I was just randomly going through Trader Joe's. I saw they had those ginger snaps. I was like, oh, you know, I'm in the mood for them. It was like five bucks. I just grabbed them, right? So like made with real ginger, five types of ginger, all the stuff. I was like, all right, cool. I grabbed it. I ate it. And like, it was so gingery. Like I was kind of sweating right back to that. Like I literally like, I did nothing I can do, but it was so good. Um, so I brought it into work. I was like, I like went to work. I was like talking to the, um, I work in the Bronx. So we have, we're very diverse. So we like, we always have like these luncheons back when, uh, before COVID. Um, and so I was like, yo, and they would bring us like all these foods. And I was like, I don't, I'm not going to cook for the office. So I was like, Hey, I got, I was like, you guys like ginger snap cookies? Just curious. So I like bring it on like a random day. I promise you like, they're like, Oh yeah, whatever. Ginger snap cookies. Like one person had one, you know, they were gone in three minutes. It spread like wildfire. They were like, Oh my God, these are the best ginger cookies. I was like, I know. I don't even like ginger cookies that much, but yo, Trader Joe's, like even like their cinnamon cookies, like oh they're, God. yo, everything, honestly, their desserts are fire. Their desserts are like on point. Their snickerdoodles are also really good. But if you get their, if you get like their donuts, their muffins, their cookies, the chocolate chip cookies are just like, what I like to do is like, I used to, so like, this is me just like going way overboard. So I'll get like the, the Ben and Jerry's cherry Garcia, right? I'll take a scoop and I'll put the two cookies together and make my own ice cream sandwich. It's over. So Alex has got his own insomnia go insomnia cookies going in his own house. I love it. Uh, oh, insomnia cookies. Oh my, first of all, I used to be into insomnia cookies. Those things are buttery as all like they're, <laughs> It is gross, dude. Like, uh, you don't eat uh, unless it's you're drunk and it's past midnight. No, for, for a fact, that is a fact. And like, so like I was like sober, I got one and I was like, I ate one and I was just like, why is this thing so buttery? Like, it might be De Carlito's problem. Dude. I just felt my, my, <laughs> my organs just like shutting down. <laughs> oh my God. There you have it guys. Um, Two weeks out of week one of the NFL season. Football is back, though. Uh, we have huge wide receiver issues. The Jets are prepping. Um, we are excited to see what will happen next week. We will be right there, man. We'll be well, Honestly, next week is Bill's talk. Yeah, man. We're going to be getting ready and like getting ready to break down some of these games. I can't wait, man. Cannot wait. All right, and um, if you miss our etc., uh, we tell you how fat we are, and uh, it's always uh, good to hear uh, some thoughts about um, Alex and I and what you know we like to actually do besides be miserable watching the Jets. Yeah, for sure. So, yep, and you know what? Thank you guys for listening as usual. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe this podcast and make sure to tune in later this week for another Knicks episode of this podcast. All right? So, later, everyone. Let's go, Jets. Take us out, Razor Man. <laughs> <laughs>